Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday. What an exciting show of Lockdown Blue Devils we've got lined up for you as we're going to talk about the Duke football victory over North Carolina A&T, our Duke Blue Devils. 3-0 to start the year in Mike Elko's first season as head coach. Locked On Blue Devils is a daily podcast brought to you every weekday talking all things Duke athletics. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to watch the show daily on YouTube. Subscribe as well. We're continuing to climb toward 1,000 subscribers. That's our next big goal. We hit the 500 mark. Now let's aim for 1,000. Please hit that subscribe button and share our channel with your friends. On today's show, my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast is here with us. And Josh, uh, yet another week recapping a Duke football victory. I can get used to this routine with you. I like the way the season has started, being able to talk about some wins. Yeah, 3-0, and man. Starting the Elko era off um, with three straight wins. Obviously, this past weekend's win. A little more expected maybe than the previous week uh, going up to Evanston and, and beating Northwestern there. Uh, but, yeah, this past Saturday, taking care of business at home against A&T and really putting the game away very early, allowing some guys to get a lot of reps in. Uh, a part of that two deep and three deep even, uh, getting some true freshmen in there and just seeing what we kind of have, you know, depth-wise. And so that was very, very good for Duke this this week. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited about where we're at and looking forward to where we're going this coming Saturday. We've talked a lot uh, about our schedule preview for this Duke football team. And, you know, we, we broke it down into four game segments for this program in the first year of Elko. And what was so notable is that this entire season, home away, home away, home away, there aren't consecutive road games. There aren't consecutive Duke football home games this season. So uh, you, you can't really get into a rhythm of playing at the same place every single week because it is a lot of back and forth. So with all of that in mind and knowing that you were there on Saturday, once again back inside Section 17, how did the A&T game compare to the first game of the year on a Friday night against Temple? Yes, so uh, I was actually at a wedding Saturday. Well, how about that then? Yeah, man, I was not in the crowd. Um, So Scott and Jamie were were press. uh, So they were up in the press box for this game. Brian also was out due to a wedding situation as well. So myself and Brian were not there. So um, according to what Scott and Jamie have told us, it was a little bit different for them because they're up there for the first half. They said the windows were uh, closed in the press box. Uh-huh. It was really a weird thing, like kind of watching the game, like in, in, in the quiet solitude of the press box. Yes. Second half, they opened up the windows and made it a, it, was, it was a little bit better. Obviously, there was a lot of people at this game uh, being uh, Employee Appreciation Day. Also, a couple of schools they had. Uh, I know some local high schools they had uh, some special things going on and brought them in as well. So, uh, atmosphere was more people for, for sure. And so, it was a little bit louder in there. You know, still, I think Duke fans are having to reintroduce themselves to football. They're having to like get their like passion back for football. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're anywhere close. Um, and so I think it's just going to take a little bit 
couple more wins. And I, and I will say this, man, I, I as happy as I am to start off three and zero, it's going to take. I think Duke's got to win. They got to win like a Virginia game at home. I mean, they need to get an ACC or a high quality win at home in front of this crowd, you know, in order to start, you know, kind of building that respect back up that they used to have, you know, back eight, seven, eight years ago. So we'll see. It's a work in progress. It, it could be coming. It is a work in progress, and uh, only time will tell, of course. And uh, just interesting to get the perspective of a Saturday game as opposed to a Friday game. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you guys always have your weekly recaps and previews. Again, make sure you go check out the Section 17 podcast. I've been in those press box settings before in my career where the windows are closed, and it almost feels like you're in a fishbowl watching a football game play out in front of you. So 49-20, the final score. Duke defeats North Carolina A&T to improve to uh, 3-0 and on the year. Uh, give me an offensive takeaway from this one, Josh. Um, consistency of Riley Leonard. I believe he's getting more and more, um, you know, comfortable back there at quarterback. Um, he, we scored a touchdown on all but one series that he was in the game. Um, so that was a fun fact. That's good. Um, yes, we'll take keep, that. <laughs> keep that up <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I think that's the biggest takeaway, uh, you know, on offense. And then I think another thing, if you want to say a second thing to look at, Jordan Moore with yet another receiving touchdown and another highly skilled wide receiver play for the touchdown. It was a slant, the defender was all over him. He still made the catch, and he still fell into the end zone. Uh, this is two weeks in a row that he's had like a grown man wide receiver catch for a touchdown, and so I think that's if if we want to look at a second thing, uh, that was that was a good thing for the offense. Fun to watch. I mean, well, we're big fans of of good time wide receiver plays by Riley Leonard, uh, or excuse me, by Jordan Moore, given yeah. that he's not played the position very long at all and able to make such a smooth transition already. His numbers. Four catches on the day for 55 yards. Riley Leonard, 11 of 12, 155 yards and two passing touchdowns. The one incompletion, unfortunately, was an interception for Riley. But, I mean, 11 of 12, really efficient. Yeah, and that interception, I mean, it was a – Samir Hagens made one read on yeah. the coverage. Riley made the other read. It was not – it wasn't a bad throw, and it wasn't necessarily wrong – on either one of their parts. Coach Elko in his press conference on Monday alluded to it that Samir saw one thing and Riley saw something else. And so Riley threw the ball like a back shoulder almost to Samir, thinking he was going to cut the route short in front of the safety. Samir felt like he had the leverage to get behind the safety and go deep. And it's just one of those things that happens every now and then. So, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. But, uh, but man, that being your only incompletion, being something that was legitimately – you and the wide receiver just were on the same page, and there's your interception. Man, I'll take that. That's 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 a it's not bad. And Josh, let me give a correction to some of the numbers that I just gave out. I misread the rushing versus receiving numbers for Jordan Moore. Four oh, yeah. carries for 55 yards, five receptions for 37 yards, and a touchdown. Four carries for Jordan Moore. Like we we saw him run the yeah. football. I mean, they yeah. really are trying to find different ways. Like we said in in fall camp. You were breaking it down that, that Duke and Coach Elko and the staff are trying to find different ways to get the football in his hands. And there you are. He, he walks away with four carries on the day. Yeah, and it's interesting because they run those some unique things for him. They'll put him in motion, 
And sometimes he gets those like long kind of passes, but they're behind the line of scrimmage and they're behind Riley, which counts as a rush, which is pretty cool. Uh, they get him on some like end around type stuff, you know, and like, I mean, could there be a game this year? I don't know, uh, but there's a possibility that there could be a game where he could catch one, run one, and throw one, and that would absolutely <laughs> be ridiculous. Uh, but that kid is talented, isn't he? I mean, just watching him on the field, you can just tell there's something special about him, and I don't care what position he plays. Of note, Jordan Moore now up to 15 carries on the season for 89 yards rushing, a dynamic player for the Duke football team trying to find any way possible to get the football in his hands. A 29-point victory for Duke. We're going to discuss more things about the win when we come back here on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Upside. Are you tired of cringing at the pump or an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant? Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really does hurt. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. Welcome back in here to Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. We talk often about your podcast, Josh, but if somehow, some way, people are like, wait, I need to know more about this Duke football team. They're 3-0 and all of a sudden. What is this Section 17 podcast these guys are always talking about? Give a message to the first-time listeners here of Locked On Blue Devils as to what your podcast is. Yeah, we do a deep dive uh, a little bit uh, each week on Duke football. We recap the previous game. We interview the play-by-play man of the upcoming team. So this week we talked to Brian Haney from Kansas, and he, man, he, like, went deep, deep. I mean, we were we were on with him for almost 20 minutes and, like, he he anything you need to know Kansas football wise, Brian Haney spoke about it uh in the interview. And then you can find us on Twitter at Duke FB Talk. Find the podcast just by searching Section 17 Podcast, Facebook, Duke Football Talk. We are now on Instagram, um, at Duke FB Talk, uh, the same as we are on Twitter. And then we have a website that we launched a couple of weeks ago, DukeFootballTalk.com. And so we're doing some more things. This is the most we've ever done. Um, and just trying to keep it fresh. We had a photographer on the field. Uh, for the A&T game for the first time. So we have our own photos now, uh, which is pretty cool. We can stop stealing them from uh, Duke football <laughs> social media team. So, yeah. Uh, but, great. yeah, we're growing, and we really appreciate being on Locked On Blue Devils uh, basically every week and uh, getting to talk football. We are those Duke guys that are more passionate about football than we are basketball. So, hey. Give them a listen. It's it's really good stuff. I make sure to listen every week. And the website's so cool. You guys are giving out helmet stickers now each week. Who got a helmet sticker this week? Don't tell uh, me everybody. Yeah, I'll give you mine. I, I, I want to know somebody that got a helmet sticker. I'll give you mine. I think it might segue into what we want to talk about. I'm not sure. You uh, Full disclosure, we don't have an outline or anything for this episode. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, mine went to the duo of Aeneas Peebles I love and Dwayne it. Carter. I love it. I think that play – 
you know, when when you're trying to give a helmet sticker in a game like A&T, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit different. There's a lot of guys that played, so the stat lines sometimes don't look crazy. But Aeneas Peebles was, was uh, a part of two strip sacks, one of them on his own in the first half, in the first quarter, that Dwayne Carter picked up and ran 33 yards back for a big guy touchdown. And anytime there's a big guy touchdown, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, and he was fast, by the way, getting to the end zone. Yeah. And then in the second half, uh, you had Peebles get to the quarterback again. This time, I believe it was with Brandon Johnson. And they kind of half sat and, and Johnson knocked the ball out. We recovered it as well. And so Aeneas Peebles had a heck of a game. So he and Dwayne Carter got my helmet sticker uh, for the A&T game. Yeah, look at this. For Aeneas Peebles in the stats, one sack, one tackle for loss, one um Tackle total, you yeah. know, plus so, the forced fumble there. That's, I'm gonna, I'm That's gonna, productive. I'm going to actually uh, argue that. I think okay. it should be one and a half sacks. And it's funny you say that because that's from the Go Duke. That's from the Duke uh, uh, stat thing, right? That's what you're looking at. Yeah. I'm actually going to get in touch with the stat person. I, he he should get one and a half sacks. He had the one sack that, was, that led to the touchdown. That was a full sack. And then the one in the second half, him and Brandon Johnson at the quarterback at the exact same time. So I feel like he needs a half sack on that one. So sharing is caring. You want everybody to be involved then. I like it. Yeah, he he thinks he has a sack and a half because he replied to us on Twitter that he had joined the <laughs> one and a half sack club yeah. along with Jamie on Franklin and Dwayne Carter. So he thinks he's got that sack and a half. So we need to make it happen. Given he is people says one and a half sacks. That's awesome. Exactly. That's what we're trying exactly. To do. Spread the word, folks. Spread the word. Yeah. Make it yeah. happen. Uh, so what else did you like about the defensive performance? Yeah, I thought it was interesting to see a couple of things. Um, we saw some some members of the secondary put some pressure on the quarterback. And in the first two games, it had kind of been we were relying on our front four. Maybe every now and then you'd see Dorian or, or Shaka get in there. But we brought some different blitz packages. I believe, uh, as Coach Elko said on Monday, that that's part of the natural progression of the defense that they're trying to get into. But I also think – it had a little bit to do with the level of competition. You're able to take some chances that maybe you're not going to take this coming Saturday in Lawrence. You know, who knows? But it was neat to see Stinson get in there. It was neat to see uh, Brandon Johnson get in there. And, man, Brandon Johnson, he had the strip. He had a sack. He had a big hit, I believe, on a, like a wide receiver screen or a running back screen. They didn't see him coming, and he just laid a guy out. So I thought our secondary, I thought it was that was what stood out to me. Also, shout out Cam Dillon. Uh, Dorian Mosey was not able to play this game with a, a lower body injury. We we had kind of known he had been nursing something for a few days. And so they elected to not play him, which I think was the wise decision. So Cam Dillon got the start, which meant Trey Freeman, uh, Nick Morris, and others played a lot at linebacker as well. And so it was neat to see those guys get a little bit more rep and playing time. So you talk about the secondary, and last week against Northwestern, uh, to remind Duke fans out there, that secondary had to defend 60 pass attempts from Helensky with Northwestern. North Carolina A&T in total only attempted 22. So just a little over a third of the yeah. work out there for the secondary is a little bit uh, easier for those guys to be out there defending those passes. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and you know, A&T, uh, they, they knew they wanted to highlight that run game, even though I'm sure they knew they were going to be down. 
And, you know, the run game, it did wear down, wear us down evidently a little bit in the second half. I believe that could have been just the fact that we had some, you know, second, third string guys in there at that time. I'm glad you um, said that is that because that's where I wanted to go next was the yeah. run defense. Again, in the first game of the season, Duke gave up 65 rushing yards to Temple. Yeah. Last week gave up 76 rushing yards to Northwestern. North Carolina A&T had one running back go for 133 rushing yards. And yeah. as a team, they had 217 rushing yards, only five fewer than Duke. Do you think that's a product of a lot of second and third string guys there? Or uh, is this a little bit more of a concern? Where do you sit? No, I'm not I'm not concerned at okay. all. Um, I think, I mean, look, let's face it. These are college kids. I mean, you're up 42 to six or whatever you are in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, you know, you already pulled your, your starting quarterback. Henry Beelan is already in. I mean, at the end of the day, we can say all we want to about staying focused and blah, blah, blah. Listen, you take it easy a little bit. I, I don't care what anyone says, and I don't fault them for it. And then you have that mixed with the fact that you've got some guys in there who just, you know, they're they're not starters. I mean, they're just not ones. And so, uh, and, and here's the thing. No matter how bad a football team that you have, if you do something enough times, you hand the ball off to that running back enough times, look, we're gonna, you're, he's going to break through. He's going to get some yardage. <laughs> I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, you know, and kudos to them. I will say this. I actually think that they had a couple of guys in the second quarter uh, and early in the second half, a couple of plays their wide receivers. The wide receivers really should have made. Uh, there were two or three that kind of went in and out of their hands. I mean, we had defenders there. It's not like it was busted coverage. But, I mean, it was 50-50 balls that they did not come down with. And, like, you know, it could have been a little bit of a different story. I mean, maybe would have kept Riley in the game, you know, maybe until the fourth quarter until instead of the third. Uh, but I'm not concerned about the rush defense. Now, I say that, and we're facing a team this Saturday who's averaging 53 points a game. Uh, and their quarterback runs the ball, uh, rushes for as many yards as he, as he passes for. And so, I mean, you know, who knows? But as of right now – I'm not concerned about the rush defense. See me in a week. Yeah, we will. We will see you in a week right here on Lockdown Blue Devils. All right, let's talk about that game coming up. Duke in Kansas. We close out our conversation in just a moment here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown, like myself, take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen today. Candace and I are breaking down the good, bad, and the ugly from the teams in the Coastal Division of the ACC. Find it wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube by searching Locked On ACC. Found a few moments here today of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, we get ready for Duke to take on Kansas. The game will be on Saturday noon Eastern, televised on FS1, uh, the same channel you were able to watch. Uh, Duke and Northwestern, they will play Kansas on FS1 on Saturday at noon Eastern. What stands out to you about this football game? Well, before I answer that question, I just have to ask you, Candace Cooper, locked on ACC. Yes. Can you tell her to hide her UNC fandom just a tad? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, Candace. It's locked on ACC, you know? <laughs> you know? Anyway, no, she's she, great, man. She, she truthfully has been way more optimistic about the Duke team than I certainly you, have been at gotcha. points. Gotcha. However, 
you know, she was an amazing swimmer on the Carolina swimming team right, right. back in her collegiate days. And you're right, the Tar Heel bias does slip through every now and again. <laughs> it's all right. I'll, I'll, you know, it's all good. It's all good. She great. does a great job. She does a great job. Um, but, yeah, so back to your actual question. Um, this coming Saturday, what stands out? I mean, there, there's a major storyline here, two major storylines. One of them is, like, program-wide. The other one is, like, actual gameplay. Program-wise, you have Lance Leipold, who's coming into his second season, who showed up in Lawrence last year, um, was hired kind of late in the game. They had like an odd spring practice schedule even in Lawrence last year. But you saw the signs of him making an immediate impact last year. You saw them beat Texas. You saw them almost beat Oklahoma in the game where they famously opened up the gates to the stadium at halftime and said, you don't even need a ticket. You can just come in <laughs> if you're in Lawrence. Um, and then you, you're seeing it now the, as they've started this season, three and O they've beaten West Virginia and Houston on the road Been pretty incredible. Um, so there's a, there's an interesting storyline here that I believe, you know, Mike Elko is now in his first season, uh, Lance Leipold in his second. I think both of these programs mirror one another so much in the way that they're rebuilding and uh, as quickly as they're rebuilding. Uh, you know, Lance Leipold uh, took over after some, um, you know, failed coaching experiences that included Les Miles and Charlie Weiss, among others, at Kansas. Uh, obviously, Mike Elko's taking over for just the 14-year tenure of, of uh, David Cutcliffe, but just there's some similarities. The gameplay interesting thing is that Duke has started out every single game this year very hot. We've started yes, out 14 nothing, 21 nothing, something like that. And we can't sustain that. If you did that, you're going to score 65, 70 points a game. Obviously, that's not even possible. So, obviously, there's going to be some hiccups. But it seems like middle of the second quarter, we, we kind of hit a little bit of a stall going into halftime. Well, Kansas is actually the exact opposite. They start slow. Uh, they were down 14 to nothing to Houston this past Saturday. Um, and then they just went on a just a small 42 to 7 run uh after after being down 14 to nothing. So I think to me, broadly, that's the storyline I'm looking to see. Can Duke get out to a good start? And then once they get out to that start, can they hold on? Because you know that this team, Jalen Daniels at quarterback, uh with just an incredible balance of running and passing you know that he's going to bring it. And so at the end of the day, that's the question mark to me is, you know, can we get the lead and then can we hold the lead? And I think it's going to be a really, really fun, interesting game in Lawrence. It is. It's Duke and Kansas being played in Lawrence on the gridiron. Our friends over at Bet Online have their opening lines available for this contest, and they have the Kansas Jayhawks opening up as a nine-point favorite at home. That's a little bit of a uh, wider margin than I was expecting going into this, Josh. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's just go ahead and make it 10. I think that's what the Northwestern line got to right before kickoff or something, and then we won that game. So just tell your, just tell our friends over at Online to make it 10. Um, no, I, I think it's interesting. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the question mark, JJ, is how good is West Virginia? Right? Like, how good is West Virginia? Um, I mean, there's a chance, you know, that they're not good at all. And, but I mean, I guess the same question could be turned around and posed to Duke. 
how good is Northwestern? They got beat by Southern Illinois this past weekend. So right. at the end of the day, yeah, I think the line's a little broad. I think the line should be more like five or six. I get it. They're at home. I get it that Houston and West Virginia, you would think, are more quality wins than Temple and Northwestern. I get that. So I think they've earned it. I just think nine points is a little it's a little stiff. Yeah. But, uh, who we're, knows? We're going to continue to talk about this game and what's going to stand out on both sides of the football for Duke and Kansas as the week progresses. Here we are again on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, meaning we are six days away from the start of Duke men's basketball practice mm. for their next season. And we've got a major Duke and Kansas game in that one uh, in the Champions Classic. Duke's turn to play the reigning national champions two teams that were in this past year's Final Four. So as we conclude here today, Josh, I'm putting you on the spot, and I'm looking for your September 20th preview of the Duke and Kansas men's basketball game this year. Wow. Well, let me just say, if we're talking Duke and Kansas, that Wendell Carter was set, and that was a charge. <laughs> let me just go ahead and throw that out there. Yes. <laughs> um, and, no and kidding. We, we should be in the Final Four, which we would have gotten beat by, by Villanova, let's be honest, but still. We wanted to get there. Uh, my basketball preview for, for Duke and Kansas. Well, question number one, is Dariq Whitehead back? And Million-dollar question, yeah. Yeah, is, is he uh, firing on all cylinders? Is he ready to go? That's a big question for this game. Um, secondly, Kansas lost some guys. You know, they lost some guys. Their roster looks a little bit different for sure, as obviously as Duke's does. But Duke's is different. Duke, Duke was a one-and-done flip of the entire roster. Kansas graduated some guys, uh, Christian Brown, others that have been there for a while. Right. And so how how will they, you know, Kansas, honestly, um, these early season matchups, you know, uh, it's a toss up with them. Um, they tend to get better as the season goes on. The guys get playing together. And so uh, my prediction for that game, way too early prediction for that game is, as I think Duke takes the L uh, by by just like less than five points. Okay. But I say that because I believe our football team, uh, I'm pulling for us to give them an L. There and, you, you go. Know, it's a little bit of revenge. Yeah, uh, a trade-off, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it. listen, what is it? Duke, UNC, Kentucky, and Kansas – Michigan for the State. First time, for, for the first time ever. Oh, oh uh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Champions Classic team. No. In, yes, in on the football thing. Yes. First yes. time ever we've all started 3-0. and Right. That's wild. So, let's just wild. lace them up. A let's crazy lace world up. that we're living in. Yeah. Listen, so, I'll tell you this. You, I'll take Riley Leonard uh, on that basketball court against any any anything those other <laughs> teams want to put out there. So, <laughs> no doubt know. about that. Josh, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for being here today. Hey, JJ, thanks for having me, man. Go Duke. That's my good buddy, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast, joining us here on the show today. We'll be back with you throughout the rest of the week, getting you set for Duke in Kansas on the gridiron and counting down the days to the start of the Duke men's basketball season. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.